It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now here's your host, Ted Ramey. Down to final eight seconds. Kings have a chance doubting in front. Feeds it across. It's blocked there by the Sharks D. And the Sharks manage to clear it up to the blue line. And time has expired. The Sharks are going to win this game by the score of three to two. Martin Jones continues his mastery of games played at the Staples Center. And the Sharks, again, victorious. They win their fourth straight game and their fourth straight against the Kings. The final score, the Sharks three, the Kings two, and San Jose is all tied up with St. Louis in the battle for fifth place in the NHL's Honda West Division. But we just talked about, uh, my, my direct message was it's periods like this that, you know, you look back at the end of the year and that could, you know, maybe be a, a huge factor in, in, in determining the outcome as a team. And, uh, you know, and that's how we had to treat that 20 minutes. And I think that, uh, you know, it was, uh, both teams were playing hard. They knew how valuable the points were. And, um, you know, it was great that, you know, we, we had a rough bounce there on our, on a, in the shorthanded goal at the end of the second. And we got a little bit of a bounce on, you know, Johnny Leonard chipping it in with his speed and creating some pressure and getting that puck back for the empty net for Gambrell. I think it was fortunate, but uh, it was created once again because we played simple. We put pucks behind, we played north, and we worked off a four check and, uh, you know, and, and, and we got a bounce. So uh, um, that was the message in between the second and third. It was just uh, how important that period could be looking back on things. All right. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? What a win last night for the San Jose Sharks. And as I have been doing, we have to go right to the NHL standings to start. In the Honda NHL West Division, the San Jose Sharks are currently in sixth place in the division. 17 wins, 16 losses, four overtime losses, 38 points. St. Louis is ahead of the Sharks, 37 games played, 16 wins, 15 losses, six overtime losses, 38 points. In fourth place, one point ahead of the Sharks and the Blues is Arizona, 17 wins, 15 losses, five overtime losses, and 39 points. We're going to have ourselves a battle here to the finish. And by the way, how fun is it to have big-time games against the Kings again? I have always loved this rivalry because it's the NorCal-SoCal. It is specific to beat L.A., which we all know so very, very well in the Bay Area. The rivalry has kind of come down the last few years, and that's because the Kings have dropped off, obviously. But even though it doesn't feel quite as hot as it did a decade ago, it still felt closer to that. And it was fun to have that type of mentality in these games against the Kings and having that interdivision rival beyond what we've had with Vegas as of late to feel it with the Kings again. That to me was just adding to the entertainment of last night and really to me showed a lot about the character of the Sharks. 
I know that Bob Bugner did not classify this as a quote-unquote character win, but the fact that the Sharks were not with a full tank going into this game, you could tell that their legs were tired, you could tell that they were not as fresh and as spry as they were a night before. This is a game that could have gone against them. They go up one nothing. Kings come back and tie it up. They go up 2-1, then they give up a just a brutal shorthanded goal late in the second period. That's one of those goals that could have been a big-time momentum swing and that the Kings really could have generated a lot of emotional energy from to kind of make up for what they lacked in legs going into that third period against the Sharks. And, of course, the Sharks, it could have been a gut punch to take away whatever energy they were going to try and create. But to their credit, the Sharks responded very, very nicely. And you look at the young energy of guys like John Leonard, who made an incredible play just sprinting up the ice, going off the boards, catching it down low, getting quick out of position, finding Gambrell, coming at the net. Boom, suddenly the Sharks are up 3-2. There was no looking back from there. And to their credit and to Jonathan Quick's credit and to everything we know about Todd McClellan and how he gets his team ready, L.A. played a hell of a game. And they continued to push back against the Sharks and they continued to fight. And for the second consecutive night, it went down to the wire. The Kings, having pulled their goalie, were making a push late in the game, getting shots on net. The Sharks had to respond until the minute the final horn sounded. And they did. They stepped up big time. And once again, there was no one bigger than Martin Jones in this game for the San Jose Sharks. Other guys had as big a roles, but no one was bigger than Martin Jones. And by the way, this was a gutsy call for Bob Bugner because I think we all expected him to go with Devin Dubnik in net on the second night of a back-to-back. Instead, Bob Bugner, he said, nope, I'm going to continue with the hot hand, even though it's the second night of a back-to-back. The way that Martin Jones is playing has been so vital and important to how we're getting these wins. I'm going to put him back out there. And if Jones had had an off night, everybody would have criticized Bob Bugner for putting him out there on back-to-back. The obvious take would have been, well, this is why Martin Jones had the drop-off in production previously. No one had played more minutes over the time period and blah, 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 blah. Right now, Bob Bugner sees that Martin Jones is ready for whatever is going to be thrown at him. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if Martin Jones is fixed, quote-unquote, forever, but his play right now is stellar and a huge part of how the Sharks are getting these wins. Yeah. Great again. He's he's on a roll. He uh, like I said, I think it was last night or this morning maybe. Uh, when he's seeing the puck, he's stopping it right now, and uh, we've got to do a good job in front of him of boxing out and not giving up second and third whacks. You know the goals they scored tonight, they got a, a second whack and a backdoor tap in. So everything he saw and he made that first save. So uh, it's it's fun to play in front of him right now. We didn't play well in the first, and uh, he bailed us out. And big reason why we were able to win that game. That's the captain, Logan Couture, on Martin Jones. And like Couture was saying, Jones did make the first stop all night long. The first goal was just a brilliant bit of hockey and a brilliant pass and a brilliant goal for the LA Kings. You watch that 10 out of 10 times, every coach in the world is going to tell you that that's a play they want their team to make. It's indefensible. There's nothing you can do in that situation. The second goal, Burns was tired. He'd been out there on the ice for a long time. Didn't stay with the man who had the puck and had that second attempt. And with that second whack, he was able to get it into the net. Jones did his job, and that's hockey, right? Sometimes that second whack is going to put it in the back of the net. That's how it went last night. But Martin Jones is giving up nothing cheap, nothing soft. Right now, if you're scoring against Martin Jones, you have to earn it. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. Goals are going to be scored in the game of hockey. Martin Jones is doing his job, however. He is making the big stops. And like Bob Bugner continues to say, he is giving the San Jose Sharks an opportunity to win. If you've only given up two goals 
both of them honest. By the time the third period has come to a start, you have given your team an opportunity to win, and then it's on your guys to go out there and win that game. And credit to the Sharks, that's exactly what they did. But more to the point, Martin Jones just continues this unbelievable turnaround when over the past couple of years, he's heard it from the fans, he's heard it from the media, he's heard it from everywhere, but he's bounced back. More from the captain. I can't speak for him, but uh, when you're going through struggles individually as a person, it gets to you. You know, it's not the outside world, it's not the media, it's it's the expectations that you have for yourself and and you get disappointed in yourself. And I mean, I can speak from a personal standpoint that I've been there uh, throughout throughout my career. You know, definitely disappointed in in the way that... uh, Things are going, and the only way to get out of it is to work. And Joner, every day he shows up and he works extremely hard, practices hard. He's done a lot of extra extra work in the summers, and uh, he's, he's getting rewarded right now. So it's nice to see him smiling after games and everyone else smiling. Um, definitely happy for him. And it was a game where you needed Martin Jones to give you everything he had, right? Because you were suddenly going to be stretched thin on defense. In the first period, Mark Edward Vlasic went down with an upper body injury that put more minutes on the other five defensemen and put more pressure on everyone overall because the legs out there were not going to be as fresh as they otherwise would have been. This is what head coach Bob Bugner had to offer about the injury after the game. You know, obviously couldn't return, so we're going to have to uh, reassess him, I think, uh, tomorrow morning uh, and see how he's feeling. But uh, I knew that he, uh, he didn't have anything uh, left to come back. And Vlasic's the type of guy who's not going to miss any time on the ice unless he absolutely has to. So you know it's legit, which is concerning going forward. Obviously, you hope that it's something that's repairable, fixable, however you want to deem it by the time the Sharks play again on Tuesday night against Anaheim. But that meant that the defense had to step up, and that meant that it was going to be that much more difficult for the Sharks over the course of the evening. More from Bugner. I thought they did an amazing job. I mean, we just talked about that as, as coaching staff there. It's just, you know, I mean, our young guys, Mario playing 26-plus and Niche playing the minutes he has, and just the energy they bring in the, in the, in the foot speed. I thought Simmer was still physical, um, you know, and Bernsey and Carly were both horses tonight. So so uh, um, I commend them. They played a, they played a great game and, um, you know, not easy, especially in the second period and a long change. We got caught out a couple long, long ones. And it wasn't just the D-men, by the way. That was a team game, a team effort. Guys came through with big-time efforts, and that's exactly what you need in these moments, and it's exactly what the Sharks were lacking earlier in the year. I'm not going to call it their best win of the year. I'm not going to call it their biggest win of the year, but it's indicative of the growth of the team from January to February to March and now April, where the team is getting better. We've talked about it a lot. They've learned how to respond to adversity and are stepping up in the big moments. You look at last night, they kill off the penalties. They don't waver in the face of giving up a late second period goal, a shorty, by the way, earlier in the year, If those events had happened over the course of the game, there is a greater chance for the Sharks to have rolled over, collapsed, however you want to to phrase it. That's not happening right now. Doesn't mean it can't happen again, but you you look for trends, right? You look and see how a team is doing from one week to the next, one month to the next. It continues to be a team that is showing growth. And part of that is the huge effort of young guys like Mario Ferraro. He continues to look like an absolute star in the making the way he continues to play over the course of this, just his second year in the NHL. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, tough to see a a teammate go down and not be able to make it back out there uh, to finish off the game in the second or whenever it was. And, but you know, it, it, it fires me up uh, for an opportunity. Um, We're down to D men, you know, let's show our compete level. Let's show our, our commitment to this game. And, and the energy that that we can you know play extra <laughs> bigger minutes. It was nice to pull off the win. It was nice to to keep doing that. Um, obviously, uh, 
we hope Eddie's okay, but um, it was just good uh, to see uh, our whole team and uh, the decor come together and, and tighten things up and, you know, get the win for him. And in terms of team mentality, you are hearing Mario Ferraro speak about the idea that the team embraces the challenge. The paradigm is not, oh, woe is us. We don't have Vlasic for the rest of this game, but you now have an opportunity for them to step up. And when you have guys like Ferraro, who have the ability to step up and seemingly embrace the idea of stepping up, I think that is infectious to the rest of the team, and they see that mentality, and they want to be part of that effort. And that's what I appreciated about the Sharks last night was the, the compete level, like you heard Ferraro speak to. The team stepped up. They knew what L.A. was going to bring. They were able to respond in critical moments of the game, and the game is obviously going to be decided at certain moments, whether it's the last 90 seconds when they pull the goalie and you're dealing with an incredible rush from the opposition, or whether it's going to be on penalty kills, or whether it's because of the fact that you're down a D-man for two thirds of the game or greater critical moments decide games yeah special teams are huge you know they're usually what pull you towards a win or um towards a loss so we we did a good job of shutting down on the pk when we needed to and our five on five game was strong so uh the more we could say all the box the better but you know you're obviously going to have those moments where you're shorthanded and um that just comes along with with staying focused and, and creating energy on on our special teams and we did a good job of that tonight and that's where the credit has to go all around to the sharks coaches to the leadership staff to the guys on the ice this this team is learning how to win. It's something that they did not have the ability to do earlier in the year. The adversity, the way they responded to critical situations, that wasn't there. It is there now, and it's a big reason why the team is thriving. You watch them respond to these critical moments. You watch them in situations earlier in the season where you felt it would go the opposite direction. Now the Sharks are stepping up and meeting the moment and thriving in the moment. And it's tough to judge how this is going to end. I'm, I'm not going to sit here on Sunday, April 4th, and tell you that the Sharks are going to make the playoffs or that this is the team that they are for the rest of the year. There are going to continue to be ups and downs. The frustrations, I imagine, will continue, but right now the Sharks are maximizing the moment. They are beating the teams that they are better than, and this is what I identified before the year. I said they're better than the Kings. They're better than the Ducks. You got to look at Arizona, who I perceive them as better than, but up to this point in the season, they have not been. I viewed them as better than Minnesota, and I think over the course of the five games the Sharks have played against the Wild this year, they have looked like the better team. But right now, they have an incredible stretch of their schedule where they're going up against, they just did two against the Kings, and they've got five more against the Ducks and the Kings. They are 9-1-1 against those two teams over the course of the year. That's why the Sharks have pulled themselves back into this race. It's the fact that they are beating the teams that they are better than, specifically the two SoCal teams. From a rivalry standpoint, you absolutely love that. From a standings standpoint, you love what you're able to do with those schedules. The fact that the Sharks have been playing better as of late. You've had big wins over the Ducks in Anaheim. You've had big wins over the Kings in LA. You've taken care of business against these guys at home as well. Maximizing opportunity is not just about the power play. It's stepping up to the moment in terms of your schedule as well. And they didn't do that a week ago, right? This team did not step up, did not have the emotional energy, did not have the compete necessary in a two-game set against Arizona, which we now view as the main difference between them being in that fourth spot and not being in that fourth spot. If they had won one of those games, we could be talking about a different situation. But to their credit, they did not let it sink them. 
They regrouped. They regathered. They've come forth with their best win streak of the season. It's four in a row. They've put themselves in a position where they are now one point out of the final playoff spot in the Honda West Division, and there's a lot of hockey left to be played. But to be at this point at where we are in the season, where it's where it's a, up for grabs, essentially, none of us knew this is where it was going to be. I'm sure the guys in the dressing room, when they talk to each other, when they look at each other, they felt they had this opportunity. And I think the rest of us identified them as being in a fight for that opportunity. But there was no guarantee, especially with the scheduling and especially with how things started off. But now it is a sprint to the finish, and the Sharks have given themselves an opportunity to be part of the race. We're going to take a break. You're on Morning Tide. Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly, so post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Lighting. In front of the net, Gambrell gets it. He scores. A weird dump in. Out of the net was quick, and it was poked in front of the goal. And Dylan Gambrell puts the Sharks in front, three to two, with 4:37 to go. Yeah, that was nice. Um, you know, Johnny did all the work there, so uh, I can't take too much credit. Um, you know, he went end to end there and did all the work, and I was just there to tap it in. So kudos to him. One of the biggest storylines for the San Jose Sharks this year has been the best players needing to play like their best players. I don't disagree with that in the slightest. However, a huge sub-story of what the San Jose Sharks have had in terms of their success this year has been the progression of younger players. And you look no further than guys like Mario Ferraro, who we were talking about and his play and what he's been doing in the first segment. But you look at a Leonard, you look at a Gambrell, you look at a VL. These guys, the way they've been stepping up, the way they've been contributing, what they've been able to do on the ice, that plays a huge role in the steps the Sharks have been able to take in a positive direction. Because if your best players are your best players, that's great. That's what they are expected to be. But you also need these younger guys to step up and earn their time on the ice in the NHL and prove themselves as NHL players. And that's what you're seeing from Gambrell. That's what you're seeing from Leonard. That's what you're seeing from a Balsers as well. And you watch these guys and the contributions they're making in these big games. And Bob Bugner's never going to go out there and directly put the onus on these younger guys or these developing players the way he is going to do with his top players because that's simply not fair and that's not how life works in the NHL. That's not to say, however, that there isn't a level of expectation surrounding them. If you're going to be given that ice time in the NHL, you better show that you were worth it. And what we saw on that goal with John Leonard setting up Dylan Gambrell well, it was just, it was everything you wanted to see, right? It was the effort. It was the execution. It was the smarts. It was knowing where to be at the right place at the right time. That is the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And if these young guys or developing players, however we want to classify them, if they continue to make these contributions, that's going to go a long, long way in terms of the Sharks having success. The third and fourth lines last night, which have guys like Leonard, Gambrell, and VL, have been coming through with big performances. Bob Bugner. 
Absolutely. And, 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 uh, you know, I thought that, uh, especially Patty's line, I thought gave us some great shifts. They jumped, uh, they got jumped a couple of times by Kopitar and they held their own and they actually played, um, you know, a good volume of that shifts, those two shifts in, uh, in, in Kopitar in the, in the LA's end. So, um, yeah, we needed it. We needed, uh, we need a good 10 minutes out of that line, 12 minutes out of that line. Same thing with Gamby's line. Uh, they scored the winner, but you know, we, we, we had to get that 13 to 14, 15 minute area out of those guys and they did it. And, uh, you know, I know we have some tired guys in there. We played a lot of hockey again this week we're looking forward to hopefully you know getting a good rest tomorrow and a practice in monday and and uh you know and playing a good game tuesday with another day of rest wednesday so it's our last week to really be able to recharge the batteries in between games and it's a sprint from there on in a sprint to the finish in which you are going to be relying on the performances of balsers ferraro leonard gambrell Kanijov, you go down the list. And those names that I just mentioned, those are all guys that have been coming up huge in the last week for the San Jose Sharks. And it was a week where things could have gotten off the rails because a week ago, it's an entirely different situation. You're coming off of two critical losses against Arizona. The momentum you thought you had, you feel like you're dead in the water and you're staring up at quite a climb. Instead, the Sharks have rattled off four consecutive wins and now find themselves in a good place. Here's more from Gambrell on what the team has done over the last week. Uh, I think we kind of just regrouped. You know, we've been playing good hockey for a while here. Um, you know, we had we, a couple games there. Like you said, we, we went on a little skid. But, um, you know, we got back to our game. And I think you're seeing the success we have when, when we play to our strengths. And playing to those strengths and maximizing opportunities is a big part of why the San Jose Sharks have had success in the week that we've seen since those two losses against Arizona. But again, it did not have to go this way. Mario Ferraro. It uh, it wasn't over after last weekend. That's uh, what I said. And uh, every, every game's an opportunity. There's still a lot of hockey left. You know, I think we still got 20, 19 or 20 games left. Um, so we still got to keep going just as much as last weekend when we weren't doing too well against Arizona. It's yeah, we got to keep staying positive and now we can't do get too high on the, on the highs that we're on right now. Um, obviously <clears throat> coming off two big wins here, you know, we, we got to keep it going. We can't take any games off. So we're already going to try and uh, move this past us and, and uh, focus in, in Anaheim coming up back in San Jose. It's, it's a big game for us this week. So um, yeah, one game at a time, that's how we roll. Uh, and uh, hopefully we, we find uh, continued success here. So obviously Ferraro is going back to the idea that they are not taking anything for granted. Like he alluded to, it is one game at a time and there is much work to be done. I keep coming back to the fact that the Sharks have given themselves these opportunities to where they are in this race and where they are playing big games and playing big series. And they're all big in a weird season like this, but there were no guarantees, just like there are no guarantees, but the Sharks continue to step up in key situations and respond to the moment. And both Logan Couture and Mario Ferraro were asked after the game if this was the quote-unquote grittiest win of the year. Here's Cooch. I don't know. It's it's so fresh and raw that I, I couldn't tell you where it ranks, but uh, it was a big one considering what's going on in the standings right now with St. Louis struggling and, and opening open opened up for us to gain some ground. So I didn't think we played our best game tonight. I, I don't think we had legs uh, for a lot of the game. We made a lot of mistakes, uh, mental mistakes where we were just tired, I think. You know, it's been a lot of hockey in this stretch and we were able to, uh, to dig down and we got a fortunate bounce on that third one, but uh, found a way to hang on. 
and Ferraro. Probably one of the biggest wins for us of the year. I don't think it was our best game, though. Uh, I think we've we've had better starts and and more consistent play, uh, especially as of late. But it was definitely a huge win, and it was big for us to grind that out. And in the back to back that we had here, uh, to you know come back uh, later in the game with with more energy and and be disciplined and, and finish strong. So it was it was a huge win. It was a huge win. Uh, um, it was uh, you know big for us. So what I take away there is that neither of them are identifying it as quote-unquote the grittiest of wins, but they are both identifying it as a big win, a necessary win, and they see the window being open right now with the way the Blues are struggling. You heard that at the start of this show. But if at this point of the season they were still identifying their quote-unquote grittiest win, I think that would be problematic because I think at this point you want that idea of having that grit in your game or having that sandpaper, whatever you want to call it, is that you are, it's part of your DNA, right? Like it's too late to have a quote-unquote grittiest win in my opinion. I think it's more of just now the idea that they have established themselves more so up to this point of the year. They've found their game. They understand the system that much more. They understand their responsibilities, and they're playing to that level. Now, it's never too late to have your best game of the year, and there's always a later and greater point to have your biggest win of the year. We don't know if that's going to come on the last game of the season. We don't know if that's going to happen against Arizona. I mean, there's, there's a million points for your biggest win to come or your best game. Your best game can come in the final game of the season. But the grittiest, it's like at this point, you want to know who you are. And I think the Sharks have established at this point that they do have that grit, that they do have that ability to rise to the moment. What they have to keep on doing is finding that consistency and not take their foot off the gas. Because right now, Everything's going good. Everything's going positive. The real question to me is how the Sharks are going to respond again once they do suffer a painful loss. Because, I listen, it's going to happen. I, I mean, if it doesn't, great, but it will. I, it has to. That's just how sports work. How are they going to respond to that? Are they going to lose one and then go on a two, three, four-game slide? Or are they going to lose one and bounce back with another three-game win streak or win three out of four right after that or keep on playing with this consistent level? That, to me, is going to be the true test of the Sharks. And I think, overall, it speaks to the greater impact this coaching staff has had with the Sharks in terms of keeping things positive. It's hard to speak for them. Obviously, I'm not a coach. <laughs> They're the coaches. Uh, you know, they've been, they've been positive the whole way through. And they've continually reminds us of the opportunity we have this year to do great things and, and take great strides to becoming the team that we want to become. And I think that's huge. You know, there's obviously were a lot of ups and downs or have been a lot of ups and downs, but you know, that's how success is created. And I think that just that positivity that they bring, you know, reminding us that we do have a special group here and we can do great things. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, still, we still got lots of uh, season left here and we're looking to continue the mindset that we've have been uh, the last few weeks or so. You can do everything right as a coach in terms of the X's and O's, in terms of your schematics, in terms of your overall plan of attack and how you're going to go into each and every game. But to me, what I am seen with the Sharks is that they are doing enough with this team in terms of the mentals to get these guys to play these big games in light of all the trouble that they had early in the year and of course with regards to the scheduling I mean they've got them bought in they've got them believing that's a huge part of the battle and I think that it's overlooked in coaches or when it is brought up it's almost looked in this negative like Disney-ish light of like oh they got themselves to believe in the team I mean it does sound almost cheesy but in my experience 
being on the road with professional sports teams, being in dressing rooms and locker rooms and getting to hang out in dugouts and all, just all of that, there is a vibe and a mentality that you can feel with good teams and bad teams. And I have been around teams after exceptionally painful losses. I have been around teams after great wins. I've been around teams at the ups and downs and the mundanes and all these different points. And there is surely a mentality that you can feel. You feel the weight of negativity. You feel the lightness of a team that even if they suffered a bad loss, you can see how the mood is the next morning when it's breakfast. You're around these things and you get to read it. And I acknowledge that this year is really, really weird. And I, I'm not there after the games with my microphone in somebody's face in the way that I have been in the past. So I can't feel it as a person. But in terms of the vibe you get from when you're watching these guys through the words that they are speaking after the presser, it's not just lip service that they're putting out some fake mentality of how they view themselves and their team. They clearly are bought in. They clearly are buying what the coaches are selling them, and we see it manifest itself in terms of the play we're seeing on the ice. We've got three games coming up in the next week. Tuesday night, hosting Anaheim. Then Friday and Saturday night, hosting the Kings. Then you get Sunday off. Monday night, you host Anaheim. Wednesday night, you host Anaheim. You get that Thursday off, then it's two in Minnesota. The challenge for the San Jose Sharks coaching staff at this point is to make sure that the team does not look beyond these games against the Kings and Anaheim and look ahead to that series with Minnesota and after that, a series against Vegas. You can't feel that the work is done just because you're 9-1-1 up to this point of the season against Anaheim and against the Kings because there are five games coming up in which you can quickly change that 9-1-1 record to something not nearly as impressive. You have got to look at these next five games and say, if we are going to stay in this, you got to win three of those. And if the Sharks continue to roll and continue to play to the level that we know they are capable of, they might be able to win all five. I'm not saying it's a guarantee or anything like that, but if you're 9-1-1 against these two teams for a reason, that's indicative of the fact that when you play them again, you have a good opportunity to win. You have a very good opportunity to keep on racking up points and continue to put yourself in a good position in your division to make this push towards a playoff spot. But this coaching staff is now tasked with the idea of keeping this team focused on points and not getting ahead of themselves. They can't look ahead to Minnesota. They can't look ahead to Vegas. They have to take care of the business in the here and now. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all on Wednesday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.